Hi, and welcome to the Writing and Marketing Show brought to you by author Wendy H. Jones. This show does exactly what it says on the tin. It's jam-packed with interviews, advice, hints, tips and news to help you with the business of writing. It's all wrapped up in one lively podcast, so it's time to get on with the show. And welcome to episode 68 of the Writing and Marketing Show with author, entrepreneur, Wendy H. Jones. Today I'm going to be doing another solo show and I'm doing part two of the uh, series that I promised on writing historical characters. And today I'm going to be talking about uh, how the times affected the historical characters, what was going on in the time uh, affects how they would think and how they would act and what they would do in different situations. Uh, Before that, news and views from the bazaars. Well, the most exciting thing that's happened in the Jones household this week is that I now have copies of Bertie the Buffalo. So if you would like a copy of Bertie the Buffalo, you can get hold of me uh, at wendy at wendyhjones.com or you will be able to get it from any bookshop as this podcast goes out on the 5th of May uh, 2021 because that's when it's officially published but I have copies in my hand as I record this the day before and I, I'm sending out signed copies so if you would like a signed copy it's wendy at wendyhjones.com uh, what else has been happening well we're out of lockdown a bit more and it's been quite nice I've been out for a meal that was pleasant uh, I just to be able to do that because it's not really been possible for the last year. Uh, we've still got some restrictions, but we are moving on. Also, you might be able to tell that my voice is getting hoarser and hoarser as I do these. Uh, I've got an appointment, which I'm very pleased about uh, next week, to uh, with an ENT doctor. So we'll see what that is. It might just be old age. Who knows? But uh, it could be something else and we'll just get it checked out. I don't think it's anything too serious, but it does mean that I'm getting more hoarse and I do struggle a bit to do these podcasts. Uh, what else has been happening? Uh, well, we apparently on the 17th of May, which is just in over a week's time, two, just under two weeks time, should I say, we do get to go further. And I have a little holiday booked at the end of the month and I really am taking a holiday. I'm taking five days off. So it's been a good month, really, May. I'm enjoying it. Um, so before I get on with the actual uh, part of the show where I talk about the historical characters, I would like to say it's an absolute pleasure to bring you this show every week and I do it willingly. However, it does take time out of my writing and if you would like to support that writing, then you can do so at wendy at wendyhjones.com and I would be eternally grateful. You can do that for just $3 a month um, and I would appreciate it and it would mean you enjoy the show and want it to go on. So, what about uh, writing historical characters? Well, today I'm going to talk about how uh, the times might affect the way that they uh, react and act and the way they look at things and view things. Um, For example, we're going to talk first about uh, men and women. Now, at the moment, men and women in most of the globe are fairly uh, equal uh, and that's well uh, documented. 
in the 20th century. Through the 20th century, there's been more and more equality and it's extremely, extremely important. However, if you're looking at uh, characters historically, they're not going to look and act and behave and feel the way we did now because society's norms were different. Uh, for example, in the early 18th century, I'm writing a book set, set then, women pretty much knew their place then. Uh, they were subservient. Very often they needed their husband's permission to do anything and they couldn't just go off and do it without his say-so. Uh, men were seen as more important and as having a greater role. My, that might not be the case. We all know now that uh, women and men are capable of doing the same things, but that wasn't believed uh, in those days. Women were seen as being the weaker sex. So, um, you know, there was a lot of caring and nurturing for women or even domination of women. So how would women think then? How would they feel then? Now, you may want a character that wants to break out of society's norms, and that's brilliant. You know, that's a character. But you need to be aware of what society's norms were and are so you you can show your character as breaking free from that. You need to know what they were so you can see your other character's reactions to that. So it's extremely extremely important that you understand that. If you're writing about a male, uh, you may be uh, giving him attitudes and you may be giving him, uh, having him say things that you would never have him say or do now, in a character now, because that would, things were different then. Things were much different. And there was also different uh, between the classes. You know, depending on your background, uh, women may have had a bit more um, say-so, but on the whole, not, you know, they were still um, subservient. They were still expected to, uh, you know, bow to what their husbands thought was acceptable at that time. Um, if they came from a poorer background, they might be a, a single parent uh, with a husband who desconded or a husband who had died. How were they meant to support their um, children when they were seen as being lesser beings in those days? You know, so they're all things that you really need to take into consideration when you're considering historical fiction. Now, if you move into the mid-20th century and you look at Dundee, where I'm from. Now, Dundee, it was a huge jute uh area. There were lots of jute mills and the women were needed to uh, run the run the mills. They were actually the ones who uh, did the weaving. And weavers could make a lot of money. They made good money. And because of this, weavers uh, were bringing, because we're bringing in good money, they had a bit more of an equal say in the household because very often the husbands might have been the ones who were home first. Uh, uh, you know, and we call them kettle boilers here because they would get home first and they would get the wife's tea ready, which was unusual in those days. It was usually the other way around. So the fact that they were in a stronger role meant they were stronger and more confident in themselves. They were happier in their skin. Um, and they had a, uh, they didn't have equal, real equality, but they had a lot more equality in a lot of places. Now, that's important if you're writing a book set in the 50s, 60s in Dundee, 
because you need to um, portray the fact that the women were more confident. They did have more equality. They were feisty, as we say. There were feisty women in um, Dundee in those days, and that's important. But also, uh, one of the things that we'll say about it as well is that regardless of what age you're writing your historical fiction in, where they are in the world will have an impact as well, um, because different Uh, countries had different ideas of what was the norm. So you need to take all of that into consideration. It's something you need to research uh, so that you know that you're getting it right. Uh, So that's important, really. So what else do you need to be aware of? Well, you need to be aware of things like the working age. What time, what time, what age do children leave school at and start to work? Um, and schooling, the type of schooling they had would have been extremely important uh, because would they have had schooling? Uh, would they have actually been going to school as children? Depending on where you are in the world and what century you're writing in, they may not have had any schooling. But again, in Scotland, we believed in schooling. We believed in the written word. We believed in education. So children were encouraged to go to school. They were encouraged to read. They were encouraged to write. uh, And they were encouraged to um, explore and know more than what was just around them. So if you're writing something in Scotland, you need to know that sort of thing so that you um, can can bring this over in your books. But of course, even in the, um, in a country like Scotland where we really championed education, children would have to leave school at a certain time. Now that, now that's 18 in the 25th century, 21st century, should I say. Um, but, uh, it was younger. So for example, when my mum was young, she left school at 14. Now my mother was an extremely intelligent lady and could have gone on to university and everything, but she came from a working class background. She left school at 14 and she went and she did some, she became um, a secretary. She got a lot of different jobs, uh, in the, that were, um, the one, in the jute mills, you know, because very often girls went into the jute mills in the factories in those days. But my mother was intelligent and she managed to get jobs elsewhere, but she still had to leave school and money to come in to the family. So that's important. Uh, what was the working age for them? I mean, there were times when um, boys had to go down the pits and they would be dragged out of school uh, at a certain age to go down the pits. You've also got to remember that uh, there are things to do with age that um, have shaped what happens now. So, for example, in um, Scotland and England, Scotland and England, the summer holidays are different dates. The reason they're different dates is because originally uh, they were set around the raspberry picking in Scotland and the um, hop picking in England. So the raspberry picking uh, was held earlier. It happened earlier. So that was when the school holidays were and they did that because um, in the working class families they would pull their kids out of school to go and pick the berries and they were needed the farmers needed them to go and pick the berries so that was important so the school holidays were earlier it's important to know things like that because it can help to shape your narrative and in England the same thing happened but it was around the hop picking and the hop picking was slightly later 
So hence the reason we now have different school holiday dates. But that was how it first started. And you need to know when that first started. Would children be given the holidays? Were their holidays at a certain time because of that? So that's an important sort of uh, detail to research so that you know um, what you're doing. Um, And again, you need to research things like uh, holidays for boarding schools because, for example, my... um, character in my historical book who was a real character he went to boarding school when was his holidays have been um what when would he have got time off or he went to a private school should i say I'm not, i don't know whether it was boarding school or not i'm still looking into that but he went to a private school but when would his holidays have been what would he been expected to do during those holidays um was he expected to work in the father his father's business was he expected to go and work in the fields was he expected to do anything that's important and that can shape your narrative Another thing that's important to think about when you're looking at historical fiction is attitudes to sickness and to death. Now, we have a very good health service here now, as I alluded to earlier. Um, I went to see my GP a week ago and next week I uh, have a consultation with an ENT consultant two weeks later, all free in Scotland. It doesn't cost me anything. So it's all uh, free at the point of access. And that that's important because um, that was not free at the point of access until the 1950s, I think it was. It was either late 1940s or the 1950s in Britain. I can't remember when an iron beverin brought in the National Health Service and it was free to everybody. So if you're writing books uh, set before then, people might have uh, died or there might not have been as many treatments um, and people might have died of things that we would not expect them to die of now. So what were their attitudes to sickness and death? Was it more accepting? I don't know. I can't say it was more accepting, but was it more accepting because people died younger? People died of things that they uh, would not die of now. Whereas our attitude now is that everybody needs to be treated for everything, quite rightly so. I'm not saying any other way. However, um, that may not have been the case in the past and people in the UK would be dying because they couldn't get access to uh, healthcare because they didn't have the money for it. So we get free prescriptions in Scotland, uh, we get free medicine. So again, uh, you need to think about things like um, what medicine was available then, uh, what medicine could be afforded then? How much did it cost? How much did it cost to go and see a GP? Now, I actually have a list of GP's costs for the early 18th century in Scotland because I needed that for my uh, character uh, in my book because it's early 18th century Scotland. It starts in, but I needed those details and I have got uh, information about what medicines were available, what uh, what was used in terms of techniques uh, for operations. And, you know, the other things that you need to be aware of are things like, when did anesthesia come in? If, if your characters are having anything done, uh, you know, with anesthesia before uh, that was brought in, then what did they do? I mean, to my knowledge, and I've not researched this, this is just out of the top of my head, and I think it was the case, but I'm going to research it properly, but they used whiskey and something for them to bite on. So they got them drunk, gave them something to bite on, and then cut their leg off. It doesn't sound like a very cheery way of doing things. Plus, it also doesn't sound like um, it's very uh, healthy for you, because a 
probably and you know you wouldn't be infection would have been been high so these are all things that you need to take into consideration uh, people died younger uh, your character may have had several siblings die so they know that uh, life is precious and that life is fleeting uh, because they've seen it, they they know that there's been um, that death is around and illness is around. And how is this going to affect your character? It could be that they have a real fear of death, or it could be they have a fatalistic attitude to death, to sickness, and they just think, come what may, I just have to look after it. And again, that is dependent on uh, their class and the class system as they had in the past. Sanitation is also another thing that you need to think about with your um, character. You know, what was the availability of toilets? Were flush toilets available in the time you're writing about? Were they going in a privy in the back garden? Were you write, are you writing a book? Even set in the 50s, 60s, 70s in Scotland, we still had the old tenements with um, pletes, which was a platform uh, that was outside, that, just basically a landing, that all the open air landing, that all the people could get to their individual uh, tenement flats from. But they had one toilet on the stairwell for everybody to use. Um, and that was still in the 50s, 60s and 70s in Scotland. So these are things that you need to think about. You know, were they living in a rooming house where there was one toilet outside for the whole landing and they had a... They were sharing a, a, a room with someone else and they had a, a jug and a, a basin in their room to wash with. So how would that affect them? How would that make them feel? Would it make them stronger? Would it make them uh, more ill? You're also thinking about, you know, where did the water come from? Was it outside taps? Was it wells? Um you know, when did soap come in? Would they be using soap? What did they do before soap came in? These are all things that you need to uh, research and get right in your um, in your books because they affect the way your character uh, behaves and the way they think. For example, at one point, it was actually considered uh, bad to have a bath too often. It was considered unhealthy and that you would get more ill if you had a bath more often. And that was before people's... Uh, understanding change so if you have your character having a bath every day during that time you can bet your bottom dollar you'd better have a jolly good reason in that book as to why your character is doing that despite the fact that society is saying otherwise um you know did they have a bath in the house or were they using the tin bath in front of the fire uh, where everybody used the same water because you were hit a, you were heating water up on the stove in a kettle to fill it up and everybody would use the same water. These are all things that you need to take into consideration because they shape the way your character behaves. They shape the way your character feels. They shape the way your character thinks. Uh, and it's important as well because my character became a doctor and, I mean, what, what does he think about this? You know, he might have been told in his medical training that having a bath every day was unhealthy. So he'd be telling his characters this. Now, I'm uh, the characters, his patients this. Now, I may not want to say that from my 20th century perspective, but you're looking at an early 18th century or whenever, I'm not just saying that, character. How would they think and what advice would they be giving at that time? That's what needs to make it to your book. 
you've got to view it with your character's eyes, not your own 20th century eyes. You're looking at it through your character's historical eyes. Um, again, what food was available? Uh, was food plentiful? Was it uh, difficult to get a hold of? Was it, did it, was it expensive? Uh, was your character able to afford it? This would shape the way the, the, uh, their build. You know, for example, a, a rich character may come across as being, uh, corpulent, being um, large, perhaps obese, because they have the money to buy the food. They have the money to buy the things that uh, they were able to in those days. You know, when was sugar brought in? When was tea brought in? If you're having your character drinking tea and there was no tea in the country at that point, you can bet your bottom dollar somebody is going to tell you so. So you can't soothe your character's feelings with a nice cup of tea unless a nice cup of tea was available. So your characters are shaped by what is happening around them because they're going to reach for something different. They may have reached for a brandy instead because it may be that um, that was considered fine in those days. Uh, my character joined the Royal Navy as a doctor and trust me, he would be using rum and he might be using rum on the boat to get the sailors drunk, shove a, something in their mouth for them to bite on and then cutting their leg off or he might be having a stiff rum to get over having to do that. You know, and also all these sorts of things. What cleaning stuff was available in those days? How did they clean the decks of blood? Or did they just wash it down, sluice it down with a bucket of water and hope for the best? These are all things that your character needs to be comfortable with. Now, your character may not be comfortable with it and may be thinking there has to be something better than this, but you need to describe it to bring in that your character is looking and thinking about a different way of being. And that will set it into context. So, again... Uh, the food and everything like that and availability of cleaning fluids, etc. Everything like that will shape how your character is, how your character develops, the person they become. If they were starving their whole childhood and they um, are now got a job where they can afford food, are they hoarding food? Are they looking out for other people? Are they realising that... Um, you know, children that come from poverty need some food and they set up a soup kitchen because of that? Or do they not care because they think, well, I've clawed my way out, you can as well. You know, there's different ways things like that can actually shape your character. The clothes that they wore at the time, um, depending on where they were, clothes could be really restrictive. So you're not going to have, uh, on the whole, a woman who is, you know, dressed in... Uh, a, a hooped dress running across a field in a hoop dress. It wouldn't have happened. You know, that would not have happened. It might have happened, but you need to be saying why it happened and why they thought that was acceptable. So the clothes that they wore would have shaped the way women um, behaved. However, you can also use clothes as a, a way to shape your character because they may find that that was too restrictive and they want to break free. And your female character decides they're going to wear trousers and a shirt and join the army and pretend they're a man, which actually happened. And they got away with it for their entire career. Uh, they were, a, there was a, a male doc, there was a female doctor who passed off as a male for her entire career. And to my knowledge, she finished as a colonel. So she did quite well on it. 
Um, so they may um, change the way they feel based on their bucking back, kicking back to the society's norms at the time of what was acceptable for women or even what was acceptable for men. The families they had in those days was a large family. Obviously, most people had large families, but most of them may have died at childbirth or died of uh, diphtheria or died of whatever disease was prevalent at the time, the plague or, you know, I know we have coronavirus now, but you need to think about what might have happened in the past and how that affected their families and how did their family affect the way they think and feel, the way they act, their expectations, what society um, expects of them. Um, because the family would have had a, a large part in bringing that to the fore. Now, for example, somebody may have had a, a, a young boy may have had a drunken father who came home and beat the mother and all the children up um, every night. But he could go one of two ways. He could become exactly the same, take to drinking uh, and come home and beat up his siblings or beat up his uh, wife and kids. Or it could make him a better person. He could say that he wants to change. He wants to be different and that he is going to um, do, do something different and make better life for himself and, does, and moves forward, changes his life completely because of what happened in the past. So I hope that's helped you. That's just another overview today. It's not meant to be extensive. Um, I am going to do more of these and I will go into things in more detail. Um, I just hope that this is in, has helped you. And I hope you're thinking about writing historical fiction because historical fiction can be uh, exciting. It can be interesting. It can be fascinating and it can be lots and lots of fun. So enjoy your week and I will see you back here next week for another exciting episode of the Writing and Marketing Show. That brings us to the end of another show. It was really good to have you on the show with me today. I'm Wendy H. Jones and you can find me at wendyhjones.com. You can also find me on Patreon where you can support me for as little as $3 a month, which is less than the price of a tea or coffee. You go to patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones. I'm also Wendy H. Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you found it both useful and interesting. Join me next week when I will have another cracking guest for you. Until then, have a good week and keep writing, keep reading and keep learning.